0: Good afternoon dr james smith jr the dr james show welcome back welcome back yes we are looking forward to another another great show where did where did the summer go it's almost september are you kidding me big difference between this summer and last year's summer last year's summer seemed like it took forever and this one is flying by welcome back to the show looking forward to it a great show again and again if you have comments thoughts please feel free to put them into the chat room we want to make sure that you feel like you're a part of this experience not just someone who is watching the experience you want to start in the movie as well our guest today yay can't wait to bring her out Allison Ward, she's an author, she's a speaker, she is the president and CEO of the Capstone Group, group president. Wow, wow. Allison Ward, welcome to the Dr. James Show. Welcome. Great to see you.
1: Hello there. <laughs> Good to see you as well.
0: We talk on, on this show about being your true, authentic self. What happened in order for you to say, I'm going to be me all oh. the time? <laughs>
1: That's, that's a huge, huge (laughs) loaded question there. Um, It's a great question. So, you know, at one point that wasn't how I showed up in the world. Mm. When I, when I look back on my life, I, um, you know, things seem to be going great. You know, you do all the things you're supposed to do, right. All those things that your parents promise you and society says, if you do this, you'll be happy. You'll have success. Well, I did those things. I went to a great undergraduate school, Boston College. I pursued an MBA at an amazing university, University of Michigan. Go blue.
0: Go blue. Go blue. You know, (laughs) I love it.
1: And and then, uh, you know, I got married, had a couple of kids, lived in a beautiful big house downtown Chicago. I mean, things were great until they weren't, Mm. you know, um, I around, I don't know, my little one was... I don't know, one and a half. My mother became very ill. My mom and I were like, I mean, we were like this when I can't, I can't tell you. I, I, in fact, I always tell people when most people would call their parents in like for the weekend or something, and then mom or dad would like babysit so you could go out. I'd get a babysitter so my mom and I could go out. (laughs) I mean, we love, 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 love to go out and spend time together. Um, And so the loss that i felt and she was so, she was 59 she was very young wow. Wow. um yeah. rare lung disease and just kind of came over her and it and, and all happened very quickly and i was just really lost and then shortly thereafter i realized that you know what this is not how i want to live my life mm. the man i was married to who i call my starter husband
0: my starter husband. Did you say starter husband? I did. I did. I was
1: refer to him. Um, but you know what? That just wasn't where I saw myself. I said, what if I only have 22 years left in my life? Like, mm-hmm. what if this is all I have? Is this the person I want to spend those 22 years with? And the answer was no. Now, it's not that he was like, oh, this horrible person, right? I mean, there were things obviously I didn't care for about him, but I don't want to paint the picture that he's just this, sure. that's, that's not my point. Yes. Um, but I also knew that what if I died at 59 years old, right? Then this is definitely not. And also more importantly, like being a mom is my passion. And for me to show up in the lives of my girls, the way I wanted to show up, the example that I want to set for them, I was not going to be able to do it if I stayed in that marriage. So the next thing I did was get divorced. And then things were better, but not great. Right? They 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 just weren't great. I had a great job at IBM. I had a, a very good salary at IBM, but it wasn't fulfilling my needs in terms of getting up out of bed. Like, you know that they like in so many people like you know they don't have that sense of like get up in the morning and jump out of bed right so and like weird. and i know you do cuz i've seen <laughs> how you are right <laughs> right there's nothing like that feeling but it's just like oh i have to get to this job today you kind of you know get up and you know walk over to your computer or whatever you know it's like you really um, it's a horrible feeling and and actually you know what what's worse it's not a horrible feeling it's just not a great feeling mm.
0: right
1: when you That's feel horrible Right. You're motivated to take action. Right. But when you just feel kind of, mm, it's not great. Yeah. Most people, most times do not take action.
0: Mm.
1: And, and I probably wouldn't have either with the perspective of what if I only have 22 years left and how did I want to show up for my daughters that forced me to
0: take action. Wow. We're only into the first 10 minutes. you dropping <laughs> pearls. You're dropping pearls. Allison, you did what I call the IBM Boise Cascade 25 years. The past 10 years, you've been working with Tony Robbins as a senior instructor. But of late, you've been working in a capacity to help women find their voice. Yeah. What, what inspired you to do that? And how are you doing it?
1: Yeah, great. thank you. That's a good question. I... Um, so as you mentioned, I was at IBM for many years and one of the jobs I had was the, um, EA, it was like kind of a developmental role to the vice Mm -hmm. president of federal sales. And what that meant was that I pretty much ran a lot of the teams did presentations. It's kind of like you do the work and then you go to the meeting, keep your mouth shut.
0: Right. (laughs) I remember those days. I remember those days.
1: Right, And he's getting all the accolades. I mean, he, I had an amazing manager and mentor on this, I should say, Bruce Williams, and I he's incredible. So I was very custom the team. It was mostly men on the team. And one day at the time I was working out of the Baltimore office and they had a, um, a training on women's assertiveness.
0: Hmm.
1: And I was curious because at the time, IBM was not really doing a lot of investing in training. So I thought, I'll just go check it out, right? I'm, I'm curious. And I remember the guys on my team, I said, hey, just want you to know, I'm going to be out of the office this morning, so I won't be available. And they're like, oh, where are you going? And I said, oh, well, I'm attending this workshop on women's assertiveness. And they're like, uh, why? <laughs>
0: you <don't need> to- <laughs> <Right>? Hashtag duh. <laughs> right?
1: Again, I was curious. So I went to the class and I saw a couple of things that I found very disturbing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: One was that uh, they uh, asked a question, the facilitator asked a question in the middle of the meeting, which said, how many women, and I should say there's about 70 women in the room, and they were women who were um, very accomplished in the field. Some were consultants, some of them were scientists, they were patent holders. I mean, these were you know pretty accomplished, very, yeah. very, very accomplished they asked the question, how many people in this room are uncomfortable to speak up in a meeting? And I would say 75 or 80% of the women raised their hands. I, I was blown away, right? And, and I, I really was, I, I was shocked first. Um, and, and then to be honest, as an IBM stockholder, I was kind of like, oh, hello, excuse you, <laughs> right? I'm paying you for your <laughs> brilliance, right? Thank yes, yes. you. And you're not showing up as your best self. And I didn't, I just didn't understand that. And this is not unique, (coughs) excuse me, to IBM. This is something I know that goes on now and other places in corporate. The second thing that happened was in the beginning of the meeting, the senior location executive kicked off the meeting. And this guy comes in and we were in a horseshoe. He comes in and he connects and he really like a great speaker, right? He owns the room, Right. right? At the end of the day, they had this senior female executive, who I know is an amazing executive, highly regarded. I knew her. She came in. She stood at the back of the room in the corner and essentially apologized for her success. And this is at the women's assertiveness treating. And I was like, ah, right? You know, so to be honest, that was many years ago. It didn't cause me to act immediately. I think in some, in some mind, I thought, these people must be an aberration. Right. I I just because I I couldn't personally relate to it. But again, and perhaps I probably wasn't always that way, but I had already begun my transformational journey. Right. I had already invested and worked with Tony and work with um, people at Johns Hopkins and organizational development. Uh, By this time, I hadn't done my coaching coursework yet, but I had already started the transitional process. Um, And I think my parents always raised me to have a voice. So I just I think I was in self-doubt. but I think it's I'm coming full circle now. I've been working with companies to help you know all people my kind of my my business on the kind of corporate side of things. I go in and do facilitation of meetings. And you've got a tough topic, a change you're trying to introduce, and you need somebody to bring the team together. I'm the person they get to come in, right? Tough conversations. I'm the person they get to come in. And it's this passion continues to come up for me to serve women, to serve women who are trying to figure out why my career isn't growing the way I expect it to, to figure out why I'm not getting the salary that I truly believe and I deserve, but seems to elude me, right? How I'm not getting the things in life that I want to get. So it's just it's just tapping back into, which is the same thing with my book is about. My book was about parenting, right? There's just the things that I Oh, am-
0: the book, please don't come home except for a visit, a, a field guide to creating- independent adult, a field guide to creating independent adults. Wow. Uh, Well,
1: well, let me, let me just say this. It's a mouthful and (laughs) I love my children. I have a very close, (laughs) all my children. In fact, right now, if you see that suitcase sitting in the corner, my, my, uh, my baby just graduated from Howard university and uh, she came home and uh, she's here for a month. She's going off to Spain uh, to live for a year. She moved out of her apartment and all of her things, which you what you can't see is all of the things piled up in the corner here, um, or hopefully you can't see. Uh, but they're all there so that, uh, you know, as she transitions with us for a month. So they're always welcome home. The idea is that we want to raise independent young adults. So yes. if they do come home, it's not because they're living on our couch with no other options.
0: <laughs> That's good. You know, Alice, it's ironic that you and I, I would say had a turning, a tipping point, turning point during an assertiveness session, because when I went to corporate initially, I lost my voice. Mm-hmm. This passionate, assertive, educated athlete who couldn't wait to get to corporate, I began to go along, to get along, didn't raise my mouth, didn't wanna mess up, I wasn't playing to win. I was playing not to lose. And my manager at the time had me develop a workshop on assertiveness. Mm. And that's when it all came back, seeing that I was being passive aggressive, Mm. uh, very seldom assertive, uh, blaming other people, going victim. And that was my light. Wow. Um, Since then, it's been amazing for me. Let me ask you about... uh, women in general what are some of the unique challenges that you believe women deal with in yeah. the workplace and how do you help them with those challenges
1: yeah um so they're definitely unique challenges um there's what I call kind of the external challenges one is time right now you might say well Allison we all have time constraints right there's only so much time of the day and we do. The challenge is that most often the woman is the primary care provider in the family. So, in addition to I've worked all day, right? I've worked all day. I want to do a great job there, and then I'm going home, and I have another full time job. Um, particularly in this last 15 months, right? Yeah, I mean, women have been impacted at a disproportionate, you know, experience than. Than of the rest of us, right, of the of the of their, their male counterparts. Um, so time is the first one. Um, they feel unrecognized.
0: Mm. And again, it's what, like, what does that feel like? Is, is that feeling unrecognized? Is that a story we're telling, or really we're not?
1: No, it, it really, it's really not a story. It's first of all, we all have a desire to recognize, and there's nothing wrong with that right? We all want to say, hey, great job. And it might not be saying a great job, right? If you know the love languages, you know, I might, you might, the gift, you want some type of recognition, some burns of affirmation. But again, particularly women, and because I have worked with so many single moms, because um, that was my story, right? right it's right. that, like, I'm, I'm killing it at work. I'm raising great kids. I'm working my butt off. And it's like, nobody's there to say, hey, great job. Right, I, okay. see, I see you. People want to feel seen, right? Um, we can often feel isolated, and again, from my again, I'll go back to my experience. Um, one of my my favorite jobs at IBM was leading a team of like a hundred people in the sale of a supercomputer, mm. and I was the least technical. Pro- I don't. I'm not technical, right? But interestingly enough, my manager said, nope, you're the right person. I want somebody with excellent communication leadership skills. And he hired me into the role. I didn't even know what they were talking about half the time. Um, I had <laughs> internal teams, external teams, our partners in Intel and Mellanox, right, to do this job. But it could be very isolating. Oftentimes, if you don't have a more assertive personality, which you've already identified, right, from my, you know, my statistic and study of one here, right, that oftentimes people don't. So you don't have those connections. And, you know, in my situation, I'm flying back and forth to Boulder, Colorado, or Cheyenne, Wyoming every week from Baltimore. And it can be very isolating. I don't have anybody I connect with, right? I didn't connect on kind of, I was the only woman or one of, you know, very few women. I was leading the project. So there might be some isolation from that. Uh, they were all technical. I was not. So there's a lot of reasons why. And then I'm just going to say it. The last one big reason that I would call out chauvinism. Now, I mean, it exists, right? To say that it doesn't exist, yes. yes right. Yes. And I really am someone, and I totally appreciate you saying, "Is it a story?" And we don't want to get caught into things. And I, and I, will be the first person to say, like, we are not going to get caught up in somebody else's, you know, business. And the reality is, sometimes we have to work that much harder, right? Um, and so the mansplaining, the, you know, what are you doing here? That- yeah. It all goes on. I mean, that's just the reality. Um, well,
0: of late, some of the uh, sports journalists on ESPN have been sharing that they're feeling that right now, and yeah. a couple of them have left over the years.
1: Right now, that's obviously an even more male-dominated environment. But the truth of the matter is, you know, uh, again, over my experience at IBM and um, sales and and even marketing, depending on the project, I you can really feel that way. And so then you start feeling, then you feel even more isolated. You take it internally. Like, I feel like I'm behind because I can't catch up because I'm, I'm doing my work stuff. I'm doing my home stuff, right? I can't catch up. Um, and then still again, and, and, and it still exists, like growing up in an environment where women, girls are not valued the same way. And you're, so, so sometimes it's, it's just this whole institutional thing that you're fighting against. I don't care how amazing you are and and it's you have to so kind of philosophically the problems are i've got to work twice as hard and i'm gonna be twice as good and no i'm 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 gonna just put this out here as a black person right i would imagine perhaps those are some things that you face people so as a black woman like we i was raised that way my parents all like you got to do twice as much to get half as much
0: Mm. right
1: you got to be recognized And so some of those things that you can take them internally and then it becomes your own story and limiting belief. And that's, you know, that's some of the work that I do to help people. I'm not saying some of the, some of those, those issues aren't real. I'm not saying chauvinism isn't real. They are real, right? And at the same time, there are ways to overcome them and there are things that you can do.
0: Like, let, let's let's stay with that with the question that's in the chat room. The person says specifically, "What suggestions would you give to a woman to find her voice?" So that's what you're doing now. You're helping women, career women, find their voice. This person is saying, "What does that look like? What does it sound like? Are there three tips, tools?" Help us out.
1: So a lot a lot of things you can. Let me let me just give you one. I'll give a kind of an in depth example on this one of the things that you can do that i find most valuable with my clients some of them are just skill building right how do you develop specific communication skills how do you overcome objections which we often think of those as being sales techniques and here's the thing we're all in sales
0: yes yes we're
1: all in sales yes whether you're selling your manager on an idea whether you're selling your spouse on taking you out to dinner whether you're selling your kid on cleaning up your room we are all in sales so first, let's recognize that. And then what are some of the basic skills like feel, felt, found, or, you know, there's just certain things, uh, something the, the couple of refer referred to as the agreement frame. Like, how do you just, I'll, I'll, I'm in touch with something else and I can go into that a little bit more if you wish. Um, I want
0: to, I, I do at some point, once you to talk about the agreement frame, because it helped me out.
1: Okay. Um, and then the other, uh, oh, I just got, um, I was looking at the chat box and my head got, The other thing I wanted to say about specific oh, the other thing specifically, one of the things I have my clients work on. In life, it is always faster to get somewhere if you can model someone else's behavior. So just think about that for a minute. Rather than me going out and reinventing the wheel, some of the things that I've done, I'll tell you a story about a woman that I modeled. I remember years ago, Um, I was actually working at a Robbins event and we have this crew director by the name of Warren. I remember the way she took command of the room. You know, she's got 150, you know, unpaid volunteers who have to work together to help Tony do what he does on the stage. I remember sitting there looking at her like, what the, I mean, how is she doing this? Everyone's falling in line. Everyone's giving her their attention, you know, and she's just very confident. Right. very caring, right? Not like in a do it this way. There was no kind of a bossiness about it to a very loving way. And I'm like, wow, this is a really great example of what it means to have feminine power. Um, and to like I said, you not have to be like a guy, right? I don't want to, I don't want to be that way, right? That's not who I am. That would be inauthentic right? So it's about finding that place where you can be authentic and feminine. So I saw this woman, Lauren, and I just started watching her. Yeah. I did. I started taking on now, listen, I did not want to be Lauren. Let me, let me be clear. Yes. It wasn't that I wanted to be, I didn't want to be Lauren. I wanted to be me. I just want to be a different version of me incorporating some of those skills. Good. So I started watching her. How did she stand? See, it all starts with your physiology. Mm. People think, oh, I have to do, it's, it's the, all these tricky skills and the communication skills and the agreement, all those things. Yes, those are important, but it's physiology first. I might get into my right energy, right? Am I breathing, drinking water? In fact, I'm going to drink a glass of water right now because I've been talking so much. So everybody else.
0: As as you're drinking, you talked about physiology. I I know you are big on smiling and research suggests that children laugh or smile 400 times a day where adults laugh or smile 20 times a day, huge disparity.
1: Mm -hmm. You know, that's an excellent point. And, uh, you know, that is a physiology thing for sure. That allows you to um, to really um, engage your it, like we like, you say engage your physiologist, it's the quickest and easiest thing to do because the truth of the matter is sometimes we've all heard the term fake it till you make it. Yes. right? And sometimes, just by putting it small, like if you were to say, "Hey, Allison, how are you? I'm never gonna say, "Oh, I'm okay," which is what most people say. I'm going to say, I'm amazing. I am great. I'm having a fantastic day. I'm going to give you something like that. And if you'll notice, I use my body.
0: Yes. I
1: am putting it into my body. I'm never like, Oh, I'm okay.
0: <laughs> no, I'm
1: okay. How are you? Right. So it's really, you have to walk your talk. You have to convince your body of how you feel. And even if you're not feeling hundred percent there that day, the more you condition it in, right? So first of all, you're getting a role model and you're identifying what are some of the things that this role model does. I'm gonna start practicing it because at first it's gonna feel awkward. I, don't, I haven't done that before. I didn't walk that way before. I didn't make sure I was taking care of my body in the same way, right? Then I'm gonna be doing some things to focus. What am I focused on? Are there some beliefs that I need to change? So even though I said that chauvinism exists in the workplace, if my belief is that I cannot get ahead, then that will become my reality. Yeah. What's the, re- what's the belief I need to hold for me to get the outcome that I'm after?
0: What is the belief I need to hold in order to get the outcome that I'm after? That's powerful.
1: Yeah. And, and, it, and it, it's, it's in fact, in my house, I have a sign which reads, do not believe everything you think.
0: Hmm. Because
1: it's not again, it's not to say that we don't have certain challenges. It's not to say there's no racism in the United States, right? There is, but I can't be a hostage to that. There's a difference.
0: Let's let's stay with the signs. We have a couple. We have a couple that I think you're familiar with. I'm going to show one, then show the other. Okay. Let's take a look at these signs slash quotes. Okay. Again, that I think you're familiar with. Yeah live in such a way if anyone should speak badly of you no one would believe it
1: Wow! Well, yeah i thought that i love that one it definitely speaks to my heart um you have every day every interaction you have an opportunity to show people who you are every day in every way and you know there's going to be people out there who want to be naysayers who want to you want to make sure that people have plenty of references or mm-hmm. even, right they have references. And even if you have a bad day because we all have a bad day right then someone's going to say oh that that that's so unlike her right i i know who she is this is how she always shows up <laughs> that's right?
0: right that's right how about how about this one let's let's show the next one might make you chuckle a little bit Mm. (laughs) Well, you
1: know, it's funny, not only am I a fan of um, Notorious RBG, um, the truth of the matter is, I mean, one of the things, and I know you're passionate about this as well, is speaking on diversity, you know, and my perspective uh, really comes from, I mean, there's some brilliant studies out there that talk about why it's so important to have diverse thought when we're making decisions. We can look at the past couple of years, at Dove, at Prada who failed miserably in the marketplace because they had some racially offensive things that were shown. And the truth of the matter is that I always say the problem is one of two things. It's not they put the commercial out. It's that they didn't have somebody in the room who was making decisions that said, hmm, you know,
0: or they didn't listen to that person.
1: Well, that so, that, so, I'll say three. So, they one didn't want in the room. Two, the person didn't feel comfortable to speak ooh, up. Ooh, right? Yes. Not to be in the room, you have to create the space that says, we invite all opinions, even if they're unpopular. And that is the management team's responsibility, right? And then three, they didn't listen to them.
0: That's so that
1: In that order.
0: Yeah. So, yes. That's powerful. Let's question in the chat room. I saw a couple. Of, um, Let's see. Hi, would you consider yourself an alpha female in the sense of just being absolute, having assertiveness and a strong personality bold because these are qualities men typically are intimidated by? What are your Um, thoughts about that, Alison?
1: That's a great question. So, hmm, I think, I'm not sure I'm going to answer a question. I don't don't really know what that means, an alpha female. I guess I'm not certain. I I always think of when I think of that term, and and I'm happy to hear more about what you mean, but when I think of that term, Tim, I think about like a pack, you know, there's like the alpha dog or the man. I I don't, I don't, um, in a sense of just being absolute. So I, if that means confident, then yes if that means, um, you know, like I said, comfortable to assert my perspective in a meeting. um, I, I think what the way I would describe myself is I never go into a situation with I have all the answers or I'm right. I go in with curiosity. And as a leader, which I often am, I come in with giving other people in the room certainty. Um, so that they can follow. And and, and it's interesting, um, so they feel comfortable to follow, right? Um, I don't, I I would say in my experience with the men that I've worked with, I don't think that they've been intimidated. Um, I think I personally have cultivated a style that I'm someone who is reliable, you can count on me. Um, I develop a relationship with the people I work with. I, I know who they are. I know about them. Um, so I, I, I think I'm, I'm thinking of like the last team of guys that I worked with. I don't, I don't think that they would describe me that way, but they would definitely, a strong personality. Yes, I, I would definitely say that. Um, but always open and curious,
0: I would also say,
1: which to me, I think is the mark of a good leader.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. O and C, open and curious. Another question says, has your ability to parent effectively been discouraged at all since it's been said that your son or daughter is the first generation that won't do as well as the prior generation consequently what are your keys to effectively parenting
1: um first of all i don't hold that belief i think that uh if you're saying, will they do better financially? Maybe yes, maybe no. My personal goal is that they are self-sustaining. They both, my girls have been, um, should be able to live in the style to which they are accustomed. And I expect <laughs> them to make choices because that's not my goal. And I always tell them like, I've paid for college, you're on your own now. now I don't mean literally on their own. It's not that I would never help them but I will not be paying their apartment bills. I will not be paying, like I've done all that, right? Um, so again, not to say that I wouldn't be in helping them, but I won't be enabling them so that they can't stand their own two feet. So I would, and I think also what's important for me is so often, um, not just women, I mean, people in general uh, are missing any fulfillment, mm-hmm. right? They're working, working, working because that's what they're supposed to be doing. They're rushing from project to project, whether it be work, whether it be, you know, church or their temple, whether it be, you know, with their, with their spouse and with their kids. It so often becomes, we get caught up in the doing and it's a checking a box. And so what I, what I hope that I've inspired in my girls um, is that they find a way to find fulfillment in what they're doing. So, and I think that they have come to that at an earlier age than I did.
0: Wow. Wow. Someone says, good morning, Allison. Pleased to hear your strength and vision today. You have the same fire today (laughs) as you had in high school. Fabulous. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess you haven't changed one bit, huh?
1: I, I didn't see myself that way um, in high school, but it's interesting, Laura, thank you for sharing that you, uh, that you see some of that same, you know.
0: <laughs> Another one person said, thank you for your service, although what you described may have been pervasive many years ago, unfortunately, some of us are still experiencing some of the same things today.
1: Yeah. Now, I, Charmaine, I, I see that. Charmaine, I, I believe that it still goes on, unfortunately. Right. Um, we think that we've made so much progress and we are challenged by the same things. I think the the, the changes are coming slowly. Um, I will say this. I um, many years ago when I became a first line manager at IBM, I went to the new manager school. And during all of our instruction, we had a fellow by the name of Ted Childs, who was one of the really early leaders in the space of diversity. And first of all, I thought, well, how impressive. This guy reported to Lou Gerstner, right? Who was the CEO at the time. So I mean, imagine they have a guy who's at the nosebleed level coming to speak to the first line managers. I said, first of all, that says a lot about what IBM thought about diversity. What he shared with us was the reason IBM had such a commitment to diversity was not because it was some EEOC, right, some requirement. It was a competitive advantage.
0: Say more, say more.
1: Yeah. So so for example, um, he shared with us a story about when IBM started to offer partner benefits. And this was not popular at the time. And IBM was one of the first really large companies to offer partner benefits. People were so up in arms, people meaning stockholders and just general public, that they had to have a special security force for Ted Childs and also for Lou Gerstner because they were getting death threats just because they offered partner benefits. Now that's much more common today. So depending upon how old you are, you may or may not you know, remember there was a time that that was really frowned upon. But the reason they did it because they want to be competitive. They said, I don't want the best talent who may be gay to go over to the competition because I'm not providing something that all my other employees have an option to get, right? Same thing, they said the same thing when they started to hire black people in the role of salespeople in a very early time when those typically weren't jobs that um, men, I mean that women or, or people of color had, again, because there was a changing landscape and they wanted to make sure that they had salespeople who looked like those people they were serving. So they always did it as a competitive advantage. They wanted the best talent that they could get and that's why they did
0: it. And I know that with you working with career women, sometimes you look at this, those women and say, you want that promotion. You gotta go get it. You gotta change the narrative. We're gonna show a clip of you beginning to talk about that. Then I want you to finish this story after we show the clip.
1: Here's a news flash. You are not gonna get the promotion unless you know how the game is played. I had a client who came to me and she was very frustrated because she had not gotten a promotion and she'd been overlooked a couple of years in a row. And she thought, you know, I've been here a long time. I've done good work. Why haven't I got the promotion? In fact, I said she was frustrated. She was really frustrated by the time she got to me. In fact, she had a little story. She had a story that said, the reason she didn't get the promotion was because they were being unfair and because she was a woman. So I started asking her some questions. And quickly realized, that she really didn't even know who all the decision makers were in terms of giving out a promotion. And she definitely didn't know who the influencers were. And at that moment, she realized that just doing good work is not enough. That alone is not what gets the promotion.
0: continue, continue, continue. (laughs)
1: Well, that's, a, that's a, common, a, a common challenge with people because it, it's, you know, to be honest, there are the stories and beliefs that we have, they come from something, right? You know, again, I'm, I'm not suggesting, and I'm just going to go back to the point that Charmaine made. I'm not suggesting those problems don't still exist. They do. The challenge is when you take on that belief, it limits you from thinking of solutions. Mm. And so one of the things I'll often when I'm working with my clients, I'll say, what would you have to believe so that you could go there? Right. Let's start from there. That's right?
0: huge. That's huge. Say that again. That's huge. Yeah.
1: So what would you have to believe for you to advance your career? Let's say in this, in this.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So we have to work on so the first thing we do is what are the beliefs that will support you where you're going? Not those that will hold you back Ooh. because they're both available to you. Yes, that's good. And, and sometimes we don't realize just how much they're holding us back. Um, and so we we have to work on that, right? What so-
0: belief will we choose? I love it, I love yeah, it.
1: Yeah, and then the other thing is too, like I always say is the great use of questions. Why is this happening to me? That's a horrible question. Why can I never get it right? It's not empowering you. So instead, if you were to ask something like, what has to happen? in order for me to get the promotion. So you're starting asking that question yourself, then you're gonna go to your manager. What has to happen? What are the specific steps that have to happen? Are there other people who have input? So you're just asking questions, who are the other people who have input? Then you're gonna go to them and say, you know, what has to happen in order for me to, is there a skill that I haven't yet developed? Is there some education that I don't have? Right. And once you start to understand those, now you've got a list you can work against.
0: That's good stuff. Good stuff. Allison, I'm going to put you in the hot seat right now during Uh our show every week. We spend a minute in the hot seat. That's where we ask our guests to be prepared to share the first word that comes to your mind after I share a word. Uh oh. I'm
1: nervous. I'm nervous.
0: (laughs) This is where you talk to think not think to talk. Okay. Allison. Ward, are you ready for the hot seat?
1: I'm, I'm ready as I can be.
0: <laughs> First word, leadership. Required. Choice.
1: Choice is always available. Belief. Beliefs can hold
0: you back or set you free. Communication. Essential to success. You giving me sentences, I want words. Okay, okay,
1: okay, I'm sorry. Uh, communication, uh, vital.
0: Partnership.
1: Oh, Partnership. Um, oh, wow, key is the first thing that came to mind.
0: Women. Powerful. Strength. Available. Fun.
1: Every day in every way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Diversity.
1: Uh, Essential.
0: (laughs) (laughs) E-harmony. I have a
1: story about e-harmony, actually.
0: That's why why I gave it to you, the segue into your e-harmony story. I do have an e-harmony story.
1: (laughs) Wow, that's so funny. So thank you. That's actually a great uh, example of beliefs. Um, so many years ago, before I, I've already shared, they had a starter husband. Well, I have a real husband as well. And uh, when uh, my husband Jose and our dog JB down here in uh, DC in the wharf, thank you. And um, <laughs> when I was between husbands, I um, someone said, "Oh, you have to go and do the online dating thing," and I was like, ah, "I don't know, you know, seems like a lot." So I, I get on on eHarmony. And when I get on eHarmony, I tell you, every time I got on there, I was like, oh my God, this is such a chore. This is such a chore. It's like at the end of the day, I'm tired. i worked <laughs> all day. I put the kids down and this is a chore. And as you might imagine, I had no success, right? I, I don't think I, I don't think I went out on one date or really I don't remember if I even had like a long-term correspondence with anybody. Close out account. I don't know, maybe about a year later, I realized my beliefs might be impacting my outcome.
0: Sure.
1: So I I just changed my belief. And I know people say, well, how do you just change your belief? Well, I really just said, what do I, what belief would I have to have to be able to? And so the beliefs I had when I went back were. There's an amazing guy out there for me. I just have to find him. Another belief I had was, how cool is it that I get to be the person making the choice? I get the comfort of sitting in my own home and going through some profiles and seeing who connects with me. I'm like, how cool is that? Right? So I just changed my belief. It was really, really was that simple. Now, of course, I've conditioned myself. Sure that so i'm not suggesting the first time you do that it's like oh i'll just believe this right because i realized my other belief had a huge cost to it right and it was actually doing that work and realizing like first of all this belief is not getting me where i want to go if i don't change this belief now where am i going to be in three to five years and that was not looking good right i mean that was really not looking good for me right so i kind of took myself through a process of getting some pain associated to what was costing me, what that belief was costing me.
0: I, I, love, I love that you use the word belief a lot. because I encourage people when they're sharing an idea, not to say, this is what I think,
1: mm-hmm. say, this
0: is what I believe. Mm-hmm. Believe is stronger than a thought. Mm-hmm. And you use that word very, very well. And it's, it's I could see what you're saying.
1: Yeah. Okay. Thank you for that. Because the, the truth of the matter is we all have these beliefs that we've developed. The challenge is that most often, um, well, not most often, all of our beliefs are, are made unconsciously. And so it's not like I decided one day to say, I'm going to believe all people are, all men are, all managers are, all that you know, I, I didn't, I have, um, I have references that have mm. that belief, a hundred percent. That's why I was saying, you know, Charmaine, it's not that it's not your experience is not accurate. You have references for what you believe, and you probably have many references, and it still doesn't make it true. So if I had the belief that all oh, men, like if I met, if I kept a belief because of my first husband, if I had that that belief that you know men were just not great people. And I had plenty of references because I do have those references, right? I have plenty of references of people that I knew, either I worked with or I dated or I saw somebody else dating. I have plenty of references to say men are jerks, right? But if I held that belief, it would not get me where I'm going. If I let's, held- let's, let's, let's stay
0: with that because the question yeah. in the chat room is in the same family, same story. It says, what mindset does a woman need to have in order to be a leader in corporate or any organization? Is it different from what a man needs to have? Uh, What mindset Uh, would you espouse?
1: Okay, so I would say a lot of the beliefs are gonna be very similar, right? You know, developing your leadership skills, having a vision for where you wanna go, right? Those are some of the great skills, the ability to, Communicate it in such a way that enrolls other people in your vision, creating a space where people have the freedom and flexibility to try new ideas um, and and to fail quickly, if you will, right? Mm. All of those things are really important. And there are some beliefs that um, I would say a woman might want to have about what's possible. You know, no, I can break through the the glass ceiling. Or a woman can be as equally effective in this role as a man. So it's it's a question of cultivating those beliefs so that you can't, because the truth of the matter is if I said all men are jerks, right? If I said that again, I have a lot of references for they are. I also have <laughs> references. Well, I mean, we do. We and the reason people have those beliefs is they came from somewhere. Yes. The truth of the matter is I also have references for guys who are amazing. I've known some amazing men in my life right it's just that oftentimes we have a more emotional relationship with those where we had a significant emotional event that was a tie to it that was not tied to those other ones and that's why we remember them and then we formulate this belief unconsciously right we don't even realize it's running our life yeah we don't even realize right and, and so just quickly what i mean on, on the on the emotional event it's like, if I were to say to you, um, do you know what you were doing um, You know, on uh, September 11th last year? You may or may not be able to answer the question, but if I ask you what you were doing on September 11th, 20 years ago, yeah. I bet you could give me a, a very detailed, then I did this, and then I saw the news, and then I had this feeling, and then I called this person. I wanted to make sure they were okay. And you could give me a, because there was a significant emotional event, right? And so you remember everything that was going on. That's the same thing when you're developing your beliefs. You really, um, you have those guys that were jerks. There was a significant emotional event. I didn't have all the references. Oh, guys are amazing. There are supporters. They're my champion. Our loves, you know, all of those things. I didn't have the same significant emotional event. And so then you develop, and by the way, this is not me, I didn't really think men were all jerks. That wasn't the reason I just thought the system I didn't like, (laughs)
0: Um,
1: but I'm just giving an example that a lot of people can relate to, right? Um, Or all women are gold diggers, you know? Well, you had some experiences where you met some of those women, doesn't mean all women are that way, but you unconsciously develop a belief and you don't even realize Um, that you have.
0: Allison, with everything that you have going on, what's next?
1: Wow. Mm.
0: And as you consider what's next, what's something you wish you would have done sooner? So Mm. two questions. What's something you wish you would have done sooner, personally or professionally, and what's next for you?
1: Uh, Good question. So I, I... I really have been working a lot with single moms because that was a passion of mine and and I'm really shifting a bit more towards uh, communication skills because I think that's something that is is really missing often whether it's the ability to um, stand up and present on a stage to step in with authority. Um, And so I've really been fifth. shifting some of the work that I'm doing. In fact, I'm having kind of a master class next Thursday where women can come in and I'm going to really talk about the system that I've developed. I mean I realize everybody is not ready to invest in personal coaching. Um, and so this is a way that I can serve more people. Um, so I'll be I'll be doing that. Um, so that's kind of what's, what's next probably Mm -hmm. for me. Um, and then I still do my corporate work and doing speaking training. Um, and then also speaking on the topic of people hire me to come in and do speaking on the topic of diversity, um, is another thing that I, so a lot of those, a lot of those focus, Mm -hmm. what would I wish I had done sooner? It's a good question. I think, I think we, we invest so much on the, on the things that we're supposed to do with college. And, and, and I would never give up my, you know, BA from BC or, or, you know, my MBA from Michigan. And I love the journey that I've been on. And we don't teach our, um, our youth or and ourselves the personal, the skills that we need to be happy, how we can be fulfilled. And it wasn't until I really started, my first step into that was, I don't know, 16 years ago when I stepped into my first kind of Tony Robbins event. Mm. Um, and so I I would say that's what it is because it's what I've also started my daughters. My daughters, when you turn 12 in my house, you go to your first event and you walk on fire. Ah. <laughs> so I wanted yes. them to stop yes. wake up.
0: Yes, yes, I've had the experience. We're at the period point in the show where we asked our guests to give a mini, M-I-N-I motivational talk. Both of us being speakers, this should come secondhand, but you didn't have time to prep. You didn't know this was coming. Think about your life personally, professionally. Think about what you have shared with your girls, your highs, your lows, your pain, your gain, your glory and your glory. Give us. 60 seconds, like you have thousands of people out there watching and listening, and give them some thoughts, some ideas, some food that's going to hold them over for some time. Let me fix the mic, mic check, mic check. The next voice you hear will be that of Allison Ward.
1: Whatever challenge you have, you have the power to overcome it. No matter your darkest day, you can change things just like that by changing the beliefs you have, the questions you ask, and the people you surround yourself with. Be sure that you're nurturing yourself daily with great water, food, and you're nurturing your mind.
0: mic drop, mic drop, mic drop. Allison, if folks want to reach out to you, uh, in addition to finding you on YouTube, social media, where where else could they go?
1: Um, I would say particularly for the, and and I I love to work with men as well, I will just mention that I am having a class next Thursday, um, specifically for the women, and uh, just a a master class, there's no charge for it, Um, and I would say right now, just shoot me an email, and it's, Allison, A L L Y S O N, at the capstone And I can just, you know, get you enrolled in that class. Um, that's the best way. And anybody can email me there. Um, you know, I, I love what I get to do. I, I feel that's a great privilege and honor to, to do it. Um, and I love connecting with people and helping them see what's possible.
0: You talk about privilege and honor. We're privileged. And it's an honor to have you on the show. You've done so much and you haven't even gotten started yet. I know your best is yet to come. So thank you, Allison, for coming on the Dr. James show. And I'll be in touch. I'll be in touch. And actually, we'll put in the chat room uh, the agreement model or have them reach out to you if they want the agreement feedback model. That way you can share it with them.
1: Yeah, we well. ran out of time thank you so much for uh for having me
0: you're welcome you're welcome again i keep telling you we did it again i did it again transformational informational some food for your belief system now go do something about it and remember you've just been gym packed